Today we're going to talk about the change for good that makes everything new, the change that can only come from God. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Rev. Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I've worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands, and was a competitive master swimmer. After college in Minnesota and a seminary in Berkeley, I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. My hero in church development is a guy named Lyle Schaller. One of the many things I have learned from him is that when you're speaking to a congregation about long-range planning, it's important to remember that a year doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. For example, a seven-year-old knows that there are at least 780 days between birthdays, while a 70-year-old knows that there are no more than 125. Have you ever noticed that time has become more fluid since the pandemic began? Sometimes the days seem to stretch on forever, and sometimes they just fly by. People's attitude towards time has changed as well. We easily lose track of what day it is or the date. Time seems to have sped up and slowed down at the same time. Today is July 20th, 2020. This is also the day of our 33rd video. I have to say that the only birthday I've ever had that really bothered me was not actually a birthday. It was a day that I realized I was 33 and a third years old. That's a third of a century. That seemed like a big number. It really seemed old to me. It bothered me. For several days. You know what else bothers me? There's a change shortage. Stores can't make change, which is ironic since these days they can't seem to do anything else but make change. Change the tables, change the chairs, change the cleaning schedule, change the silverware, change to outdoors, close the door. Maybe you saw on the news the story about the restaurant manager who misunderstood his instructions to be don't give any change when the instruction was not to give any change. So he was rounding up the bills to whatever bills the patron had, not to the nearest dollar. We do have plenty of bills for now, but we don't have enough coins in circulation. We have a shortage of change while change is all around us. Why? Because the mints are not producing enough coins, because employees have been sick, and because a lot of people haven't been out buying things, or at least not out buying things with cash, so that the coins that have already been minted aren't moving around in circulation, and because some people are hoarding coins. Now I've read about a bank in Wisconsin and have heard about some local banks who have started to give a 5% premium for bringing in change. Some supermarkets will count it for you and give you store credit with no service fee. So there's not enough change while change is developing all around us. What other changes will we see? Dennis O'Leary of Shark Tank, the guy who sits in the middle, Mr. Wonderful, was on TV talking about the value of a college education the other day. I've long felt personally that college is no longer about getting an education, it's about getting a job. 
Even in that environment, he said that it used to be said that the value of a college education wasn't in the classes, it was in the contacts. So now that almost all schools offer most classes in online versions only, what is the value of going to college? I'm not endorsing his advice, but I think I see where he is coming from. If the main value of college is getting a job, that advice was, if you're in college, stay there, protect your investment, let the college brand be added to your brand. If you're not in college, consider other avenues to getting a good job with no debt. That's a huge cultural change. I was told by a Cracker Barrel philosophy professor, one of my favorite teachers, though not necessarily the best, I've learned that my best teachers are not always my favorite teachers, that a person who knows how to do something, who really knows how to do something, will always have a job, but they will be working for someone who knows what and why. That's the difference between vocational training and education. That's the difference between being a worker, a manager, and a leader. A worker does the work that he or she knows how to do. A manager decides what work to do. And a leader knows the larger vision for why the work is being done. As in the old business example that workers cut through the jungle, managers make sure they have enough workers that they get fed and paid, etc. And the leader is the one who climbs the tree, looks out, and yells, Wrong jungle! Where will the visionary leaders come from if education is taken out of the college experience as the result of economic insecurities? Churches are similar. Congregations are full of weird people. Where else would we come into contact with such a large variety of people who are so unlike us? And yet, we are even more than family to one another. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. How is that community formed and maintained now? How will people learn to live in community with one another if our only experience is with people that are like us, as in social media? Our insecurities lead us to places of comfort, not challenge. They lead us to resist change. There is even today anger and resistance to the change that has come because of the consequences of the coronavirus and the calls for racial equality. Where do we learn to get along with people who are not like ourselves if we only see groups who are like ourselves because of our social insecurities? That is the other change shortage, a shortage of changed lives. Change is fundamental to the Christian life. The message that Jesus brought when he began his three-year public ministry was, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. Repentance is change. It is a deeply fundamental change. It's not being sorry. It's not doing good stuff to make up for the bad stuff. Those are futile. Repentance, or metanoia in the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, means to make an existential U-turn. It means a change of heart. It means recognizing the things in our life that are killing us, rejecting them and turning away from them, and turning toward the one true living God who gives life. It means turning away from the weakness in ourselves and in our own efforts and allowing ourselves to be drawn toward the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in his second letter to the people of the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, the fifth chapter, starting with the 16th verse. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ, 
There is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. I thought things were just about right for me to get a haircut. And then things closed again. It looks like I might be ready for a man bun by the time they open again. I hope not. I'm starting to get Rip Van Winkle hair. Do you know the story of Rip Van Winkle? The story takes place before the Revolutionary War. Rip Van Winkle wanders into the Catskill Mountains and meets a mysterious group of men. He drinks some of their liquor and falls asleep. When he wakes up, it's 20 years later. He goes down from the mountain and finds an election going on in his village. He has never voted before and declares himself to be a loyal subject of King George, which gets him in trouble because the country has changed. He finds that most of his friends have died in the Revolutionary War. His wife has died. He has slept through all of it. Changes will come in our world, some for the better and some not, and then they will be replaced by other changes. Will we sleep through them? Or will we seek to influence them for the good of all people? The change that God brings to us and sustains by the Holy Spirit lasts forever. We welcome it. We long for it. We work on it not to earn our salvation, but as a natural response to the love and grace of God. We commend the same gift of transformation to the world. We are called to change, to live into that new creation, to be the people of God. That is the Christian life. We have been changed, changed that endures forever because it is rooted in the one true living God. The offer of transformation at all levels of society comes as God wills. It is brought by the person of the Holy Spirit, the stream of living water that form and reform us and all things from the inside out. It's what brings new life, the transformational power of God in abundant life. There is no shortage of this change. Today, let's remember to pray to be the faithful members of the body of Christ that God has equipped us to be at our local church, to be faithful and contributing and making a difference of the lives of those both within and outside of the church. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet at at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. 
Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.